Influence is a funny thing. Five years ago, nobody knew what the world even stood for and now everybody wants to have a piece of it. Influence became synonymous with affluence and affluence means being successful, having money. There is no other way around it. Millennials are the most pressured generation of all for sure and undoubtedly social media is a big part of it. Everywhere we look we see our peers surfing in Bali, having romantic dinners in Maldives or posing at the top of a skyscraper. Often they talk about how they quit college, how they quit their boring corporate job, started their own presumably consulting business, kind of make me question with what experience and now they praise the mission of a 4 hour long work week. Let's not forget the captions. They are all about soul searching, chasing experiences, challenging yourself to live as if every day was your last day on earth. Whereas in fact, anything these people actually challenged are the words of their parents. Welcome to our podcast where we talk about topics that move the society today and shake up the entertainment and pop culture industry. My name is Jake Bartanus and I invite you to give a fuck about fake fluencers. Give a fuck. I am not going to lie, the social media sometimes gets me too. I might get off at posting a picture from when I was in Capri once or my flat tummy in the morning, when the apps are just about to pop. We all do it. It's what the game of social media was invented for. But lately, a genre of very specific content came up. Cody Ko, a vlogger on YouTube that I really like for his humor and authenticity, calls this content a fart content. Fuck around, relax and travel. F-A-R-T. And I totally agree. Seems like the only mission of fart content is to make other people fucking miserable. It's all about hot girl leading your hand into a pool in Santorini, or posing in front of a G-Wagon, or posing at a private jet, or posing in a G-Wagon in front of a private jet with another hot girl. Look at me, my life is this dope and you should just go kill yourself. Okay, maybe I am being a bit too bitter, but I am going to make this extremely relevant now. As people in media and advertising industry, we many times suggest using influencers in campaigns for our clients. Why? Well, because influencers are so authentic, they are so down to earth, they are basically one of us. And who would want to look at a highly produced advert, when they can see your product in hands of their online friend? I invite you to look at the Instagram feed of Ed J. Alvarez and tell me how unedited or unproduced his photos look like. There is not an 
ounce of authenticity. The production values of his photos is undoubtful. And he has over 6 million followers and is honestly only one of many. It seems like what is presented as aspirational today is to quit your job and travel. Just do it. Live off the grid, man. We don't even know anymore if we really do like to travel or we just simply have to do it because of fear of missing out. Influencer fatigue is a real thing, but somehow we always come for more. It's this weird self-destructing behavior. And if you are not one of those who like to travel, well then don't worry. There is another option for you. You can always become a driven, self-starting entrepreneur. The one who is in Forbes 30 under 30 for some kind of a solution to a problem that uses data creatively to achieve a 120% return on some kind of investment. I'm going to quote Kodiko again when he said it and he said it best. The way laziness is marketed nowadays on social media is really impressive. Give a fuck. One of these guys is Sam Ovens. Maybe you have heard of him. For a certain period of time, I was getting his targeted ads on YouTube daily. They all started something like this. 20 million dollars in a year. Do you want to be rich? My classes provide you with the best business knowledge, blah blah blah, whatever. He was all over the place. Not only on YouTube, suddenly I started seeing him on LinkedIn too, a very professional network for serious people. In his videos, he would give you advice, such as, to achieve your goals, you need to 1. Set your goals and 2. Work towards them. Wow, what an advice. Today, we honor a man who has been an inspiration to our citizens. All very generic business 101 phrases. When I look closer on one of his background pictures in his videos, they were random stock images with words like focus and effectivity, popping out completely out of context. And of course, he would be seated in his office on the top floor overlooking Manhattan. I went through dozens of ideas and most of them didn't work, but then one day it finally clicked and I figured it out. That first year I figured it out, I made $100,000. The next 500,000, the next 1.2 million, then 2.4, and in my fifth year, by the time I turned 26 years old, I'd made over $10 million. This is when I and my friends started looking more into what Sam Owens' business actually is. On his website, consulting.com, you can choose from free courses. You can either start a business, grow a business, or develop a mastery in business. The course number one, Start Your Business course, says it's a consulting accelerator for anybody who wants to grow their business into a six-digit figure. Claim to have brought 20,000 happy customers. This course is 
$999. I kid you not, almost $2,000 for a six-week course or five payments of $599. Well, you don't really need to be a great businessman or businesswoman to do the math and figure out that you pay in installments, you overpay by 30%. I don't know how about you guys, but I'm getting some serious Trump University vibes. Five billion we spent on a website. And even if you look closer on his website, in the section, what if I don't have money and I can't afford this, he says that in order to pay for this course, you should maybe ask for a loan from your friends or family. This is absolutely ridiculous. Then, I came across a video of a guy on YouTube called Tyler Bentrud, and he paid Sam Owens a total of $43,800 for all of his courses. The second course cost $5,800 in 2018, and the mastery course cost $36,000. What the actual fuck? I mean, those are some serious tuition fees to pay to somebody who claims to have quit his corporate job at the age of 21. Which makes me question how long had he actually worked at his corporate job to be able to quit it, to be able to have the insane knowledge to start his own consulting company. Tyler says that the first course was actually a really good investment, worth the money. Thanks to that, he could really grow his business in the area of Amazon advertising and achieve about $250,000 revenue in his second year of business. He said things started to get fishy when he bought his second course, the one for $5,800 called Growing a Business. In this course, Sam Owens, the master of all businesses and economy, says that if you really want to grow your business, you need to start consulting. So basically doing the same thing he does and selling expensive consulting packages to your clients. Instead of being the agency and doing things for them, you simply show them how they can do it themselves. And they buy these lessons from you and that is the only way forward. In his last course, the one for $36,000, the Big Sam's lesson is to completely shut down your initial business the one you grew and made thanks to his first lesson and focus solely on consulting on selling your online courses further. There's no other way how you can scale up to great growth. All of this suddenly started to remind me of things like Herbalife or multi-level marketing essential oil businesses. Basically scam. Hey everyone, it's Sam Ovens here and I just wanted to make this quick video to share with you guys a list of things that are good. And what I mean by that is some basic, like everyday things that I use in my own life that I think, you know, make it a lot better. And the first thing I want to introduce you to, list on number one on this list, is Quest Bars. And why I like these Quest Bars is, you know, they taste pretty good. They taste like a chocolate bar almost. And the cool thing about them is that you can eat them, but then there's no guilt afterwards because there's you know no sugar in them or there's nothing really in them that's bad for you. So it doesn't matter if you have like two of these a day or whatever, compared to if you have like you know two chocolate bars or something. One way you can tell if somebody's poor is if their phone number, their mobile phone number, is in their email signature. So if someone's got their mobile phone in their email signature, they're poor. And if someone's got their mobile phone on a business card, they're poor. 
because wealthy people would not be so stupid with their time. So, at least now you know how to spot a poor person. All his advice is extremely vague and honestly full of some good old bullshit. In my opinion, the problem is that he inspires other people. The kind of people who are also asking themselves how they can make the biggest amount of money with the littlest effort possible. Probably the kind of people who watched The Wolf of Wall Street and thought that the main character Jordan is somebody to look up to. Now if anyone here thinks I'm superficial or materialistic, go get a job at fucking McDonald's because that's where you fucking belong! People such as an influencer called Tyler Evans, who went to Miami on a make-believe press tour, he was taking restaurants, pretending he was invited there and given the food for free. Or this YouTuber called Create Tyler, who says he only works on exclusive passion projects, then posts one well-edited video with some helicopter and a Gucci bag, and then doesn't post anything for a year. Recently I found out that this guy, the Create Tyler, who is really advertising his jet-setting content, owns his landlord quarter a million of dollars in missed rent payments. So much for the jet-setting lifestyle, I suppose. The story of fake influencers, or fake influencers as I call them, goes further. There's a guy called Xiu Fie, who calls himself at an affair with food. He was reaching out to small businesses during the pandemic, trying to get freebies and offering himself to promote local companies. His engagement rate was 0.95%. There's so many people who are trying to buy followers and getting brand deals, it's insane. Give a fuck. So, we invited our colleague Carlos Batgerait, who himself is a micro-influencer with about 5,000 followers. We asked him what he likes about it, what he hates about it, what does he want to be an influencer. He got some brand deals in his past, but in general, he doesn't really like to be called influencer. Well, you'll hear all about it in our interview. Thank you, Carlos, for coming in. Hello, you're so welcome. Ah, thank you. So you've been actually nervous all week, every day texting me, why do we have to do it? And please, let's not do it with me. Yeah, that's true, but I think it's because of the topic kind of about influences. And to be honest, I don't see myself as an influencer. So I really point this out because maybe people listen to it and say, oh my God, he thinks he's an influencer, but I would never call myself an influencer. Ah, okay, well, right. Yeah, so let's explain why you're here. So um, you work in Havas as an account manager. Right? Uh, yeah, junior account manager. Junior account right. manager, and then you have sort of a side gig. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> my Instagram live. Instagram, you have how many followers? Um, it was like a few days ago, I had 5,000. Now I have 4,995, so <laughs> I'm below 5,000 again. But yeah, it's always like increasing, decreasing. So. Yeah, so let's say 5,000, so you would be officially classified as a, like a micro-influencer. Do you know anything about your audience? Are they like more local? Is it people from Dusseldorf or is it...? Mm. Now when I check in these um, Instagram insights, I think the most of the people are from Dusseldorf, they're regional. 
but it's also from the USA, Mexico view. Mm -hmm. And what's funny that 75% of my audience are male people and the rest is female. Okay. But I guess it's because of my content, so. Do you think that, because I think being an influencer, it's, a, it's supposed to look really effortless like oh i'm just this is just my life and i just snap pictures of it but i once like tried doing that when i was traveling and i felt like it was kind of working like one day i grew 300 followers and i had almost 1000 i was like wow this is cool they all unfollowed me in the in, <laughs> in the next week because i wasn't just posting enough content and then if you really think about it you always do have to think about I better have something prepared so yeah. that I keep the 5,000 or the 10,000 or the 100,000 and then in the end it's a job. Yeah, I really think it's a full-time job even more because you have to create content in advance because I think when you're posting you have to post at least every second day to keep mm -hmm. your audience like entertained and you have to do stories and all that stuff and I mean that's what I'm also recognizing when I'm posting a lot and doing a lot of stories like I got lots of likes and new followers and when I'm doing nothing, I think my last post was last month, so people are unfollowing me because there's nothing okay. nothing happening on my account. Yeah. So I definitely for like real influencers, that's definitely a full-time job, yeah. Right. So if you now circle back to like when you started to grow your fan base um, and you managed to get a few brand deals, how did how did that happen? Did they did they reach out to you? Did the company directly, or was it a booking agency? Or no, it was. Uh, they reached out directly to me. It was one cool um, collaboration I got. It was with Ace and Tate, mm -hmm. but it was in the days when Ace and Tate was not that big in Germany. So they think they opened their first store in Berlin, and there was nothing in Düsseldorf. I think there was one in Cologne, and they texted me, "Hey, you want to do a picture? You can." like select the sunglasses and keep it and you can do one post. And I was like, wow, that's cool, I like the brand. So I did it. I mean, I never got money for anything, but mm -hmm. just having a nice sunglasses, is, yeah. it's cool for just one post. And then I did ones for, yeah, it's a company, they do like, like little bags which you can put in your sports bag and they absorb the humid. And the smell. Right, yeah. yeah. The company was called Smellwell, but that was kind of a shitty thing because, like, yeah, I never used it. It's still in my in my wardrobe unpacked. I just unpacked it once for the picture. Oh, and then you never used it. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So, our episode is about um, the real, the really big fake lenses because there was a lot of people that started noticing this certain genre of influencers, certain category, and they are, it's called fart content, so they just fuck about, relax and travel. And if you really look at it, like their pictures are so produced and they have several million followers and the whole the whole layer of authentic authenticity is completely gone. It suddenly looks like, you know, what fashion magazines used to look like in the 90s, so what's the point of this person and being like my authentic Instagram friend? Do you, do you have any opinions about it? Have you have you heard these stories or do you follow some people like that? Like there's one called, I think, Jay Alvarez or something like that. I've heard the stories, I'm definitely not following because um, I think like all this fake influences and fake profiles and just like having lots of followers, that's not, that's not the real point of being an influencer because you're just posting the good stuff, which is maybe not even real. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I think it's kind of embarrassing because I think people may be uh, looking for their happiness in being an influencer, but I think that's not the way how it works. I think you need to be happy first. You yeah. need something you can tell people, maybe something you are good at, maybe it's gym or nutrition or fashion or whatever. 
and then you can help people but it's not working the other way around that you're going to be a happy person because you have tons of followers yeah but that's what we as people really are looking for like the justification from other people first before we find our I mean, true happiness it's the same for me when i post a picture and normally i get around 600 likes and when i got 50 i'm like well what's wrong <laughs> i mean you think <laughs> fucking like, loser yeah, fucking loser and then you delete or uh, the picture but actually it's not about this but yeah i think instagram teached us to think like this yeah but it's also such a weird disconnect if you know that you know that you're that is this is not you acting but this is just your part of brain acting that's connected to instagram too much because i also from my personal experience i love when i get more likes and i sometimes post um you know semi-naked picture when i have flat tummy in the morning and i'm feeling myself like mm, this is so cool yeah. and then i'm like okay so i'm really good today i'm gonna have a good day yeah if i know the instagram doesn't happen that's true what do you think what would you do if maybe tomorrow you know the whole internet is going to be down the whole internet or just instagram? so just instagram just like it's going to be blocked because donald trump says you know it's, it's chinese people spying on us I think I would definitely try to build up something like Instagram and become rich with it. Oh, because, true. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the market is there. Like people want to follow people still now, but um, I would honestly live my life. Like I would delete the app and then that's it. Because like, I mean, it takes a lot of time, Instagram. It's time consuming. Like sometimes I want to sleep early and I'm watching Instagram TV. And like this is like stuff which is not helping myself, but I'm just watching it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would definitely try to live my life how it was before. Yeah. Do you think that the, 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 the word, the name influencer is now kind of negative? Or what is the meaning behind it? What do you think is the people's reactions? I think it became negative because like when I think of influencers and their lifestyle, you think, oh my God, they are not even doing a real job. They get everything for free. They even go on traveling and like seeing beautiful places. Just like and getting paid for this but um, I think there's these influencer who are just doing it for this but they're also influencer who want to reach people and we really want to change something yeah yes for sure when you so when you went to California when was that it was 2013 okay so I guess because I think the social media and this the whole idea of being famous in America is a lot more hyped than in Europe do you think people there are a bit more obsessed about their Instagram game than in here? Mm, to be honest, I think now in 2020, I think it's the same. I think they are not more obsessed. I guess yeah, it was seven years ago. I think before, yes, but then Instagram became very, very popular also here, so... Mm -hmm. I think there are the people who really just want to be famous. I think there are people like that for sure. I mean... I met, I met one, I, know, I don't know if people know him, it's uh, Nico Stang. He has not so many followers, but he's doing this comedy stuff. And we met in Berlin and then we were walking through uh, the city and then people came, oh my God, Jan can I take a picture with you? And it was then like, wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Like when people even recognize you on the street. I know, and now it's even more hyped because of TikTok. So I watched some yeah. of the YouTube videos of TikTokers because I don't have TikTok, but they all live in like these big houses and like it's 10 of them and they can't even like, go get their groceries done because they get stopped by like 112 year olds that all want pictures but they all happily take the pictures but those tiktokers are only like 16 and their their fans are like 12 or 10 it's such a it's getting like always younger and younger the people who are 
presenting themselves on social media. It's a bit... I'm not using TikTok. Like, no. I mean, I have the app and sometimes I open it, but when you open it, everything is blinking, there's noise everywhere. So... <laughs> it's too busy. Yeah, it's just too it's too old. You're too old for that, Carol. But tired. There's also a lot of conversation happening about people that. So we have like the fake influencers that are not authentic, but their fan base are is quite authentic. But there is a lot that are buying followers. How does that How does that work? Who, do you know? Like, who do you have to talk to if you want to buy followers? You just it's an Indian company yeah. with seven thousand phones. Yeah, sometimes I get these crazy direct messages to my um, to my account. Like, yeah, you can like uh, pay via PayPal like one thousand euro, and then you get like one hundred thousand uh, oh followers. God. But they are all fake, so yeah. They're not gonna comment, they're not gonna start a conversation. Yeah, and they're not gonna they're just gonna like and like post bloody emojis under your picture, so <laughs> yeah. Did you did you make any friends through Instagram or met somebody through Instagram? Yeah, Nico from Berlin, I met through Instagram. Right. Um also Filippo who's now a friend, but this is already years ago. Seven years ago we met via Instagram and I think Instagram is really good for dating because you get like an entire picture of someone. Oh, like if you so, want to check somebody before yeah. you go on a date. Yeah. I think when yeah. I'm on, on Tinder, some people already like connect their Tinder profile to Instagram, but I also sometimes ask, hey, do you have Instagram? Mm -hmm. Because I think it's just like a good way yeah, like a for first sight. Safety yeah. measure as a normal person. True. Because I think that's that's all we talked for half an hour. Thank you so much. Yeah. Give a fuck. What music is that I hear? Something to try and make you feel at home. Maybe it's just jealousy speaking from me, because I actually have to sit somewhere for eight hours a day, and according to these people, I must suffer in my corporate job. But maybe, just maybe, is my rage justified? Never ever have we lived in an age so pretentious. Social media is now directly linked to the rising number of depression and anxiety. No wonder. Since people only share about 2% of their lives on Instagram, they better make sure that those 2% are really worth it. Glossy, fabulous pictures from Dubai. Sexy, sweaty spinning lesson. Low-fat, skim, almond frappuccino with peppermint syrup. However, luckily, for every trend there is an anti-trend, and I appreciate it. More and more influencers are trying to use their influence for better, trying to debunk the myth of perfection. One of them is, for example, Ed Ricardo's fair, a proud LGBTQIA ally, a body-positive guy from Brazil. He recently published a series of meaningful images, where he recreated famous Kelvin Klein underwear adverts that went viral. But instead of a hyper-masculine hot guy, he plays himself at the center of all his pictures. A strong, big, hairy, gay man. The kind you very rarely see in any underwear commercial. Bringing authenticity back into influencer's game. And I love it. And that's it, guys. That was our episode. Thank you so much for listening. 
I want to thank my extra special guest Carlos Badgerite. Please leave us some feedback so we can get better at giveafuck.net and find out more about our host agency Havas Dusseldorf at meaningfulbrands.com. Until next time, keep giving a fuck. in a year. Do you want to be rich? What the actual fuck? Give a fuck.